Hey guys, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Uh, today we're going to keep going with this series about the new apostolic reformation. Uh, we've come back to the regular series. Uh, we finished off Dominionism and now we're back talking just strictly about the new apostolic reformation. Now, we ended off yesterday talking about how to achieve dominionism, okay, this would be part, the last part in the dominionism series, uh, to achieve dominionism, one of the ways that the New Apostolic Reformation hopes to achieve dominionism is through the seven mountain mandate, uh, and one thing I didn't mention yesterday, which I should have, I wanted to, but I just kind of spaced it, is just how similar the Seven Mountain Mandate is with, uh, well, a particular teaching that was revealed to a Alice Bailey, you know, the New Ager Alice Bailey, some might even say Luciferian Alice Bailey, who uh, she received this particular teaching from her ascended master, which is nothing more than a demon, named the Tibetan. And what this demon told her was that it was one of the ascended masters that was in charge of one of the seven different areas of influence, or rather the seven major fields of world work. Now, check this out. Look how similar this is to the Seven Mountain Mandate. By the way, just in review, the Seven Mountain Mandate, those seven areas are, uh, again, religion, family, business, arts and entertainment, uh, education, media, and the government. And, uh, again, the government is by far, in their opinion, the most important of these areas that they want to take. Now, this is what this Tibetan, this demon, this uh, being that was communicating with Alice Bailey told her, it was an ascended master that was working in one of the seven major fields of work, world work. Uh, these seven regions are political, religious, educational, scientific, philosophical, psychological, and economic. I mean, isn't that a little creepy? <laughs> Very similar. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that yesterday, and I missed that. But as I mentioned yesterday, right at the end of the podcast, I was talking about uh, another way that they hope to achieve this is through supernatural signs and wonders, through this empowering of the church. And that's where we enter in the manifest sons of God. Now, this is a new apostolic reformation type teaching. Okay, this comes straight from this movement. Uh, I mentioned it also in my Word of Faith series. Okay, so if you want to learn a little bit more about it from a different angle, check out my series on the Word of Faith if you haven't already. But the manifest sons of God, uh, it is believed by this new apostolic reformation and even those who are somewhat outside of this group that this group, this manifest sons of God, all right, are going to have these amazing super, supernatural powers, okay, that are even going to surpass that of the prophets and even Jesus himself during his ministry on earth. I mean, let that sink in a second. They actually think that they will have abilities that will surpass even Jesus himself. Now, this gets 
plucked from the scripture uh, that we've all heard before, but you're going to hear it in a new light today. Uh, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Huh. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And so from this one verse, and of course the words of apostles and prophets they get the idea that in these last days, there's going to be this, basically this army that's going to raise up, this group of believers who are going to be powerful in signs of wonders. We're talking about, they, they will go as far as to say, some believe that these manifest sons of God will be able to walk up to hospitals, place their hands on the masonry outside, on some bricks, and say a prayer, and suddenly everybody in the building is healed. Now, I understand God, it's well within God's power to do something like that. Please, I, I totally believe that. But I highly doubt he's going to give that kind of power to a bunch of believers who are teaching false doctrines. All right, that just doesn't make any sense. What you do see in the Old Testament is God... Uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, producing signs and wonders through believers, uh, but for the purposes of validating the message that they're bringing. And these new apostolic Reformation type believers, those who are part of the Word of Faith movement and the like, are teaching some pretty nasty stuff, some pretty false doctrine concerning this manifest Sons of God movement. It goes by many different names. Okay, in fact, one of the false teachings that rolls around in these movements is this concept that these manifest sons of God will be equal to Christ in, in just about every way. In fact, they will be called gods. They will be divine. You don't believe me? <laughs> I, I talked about this in my Word of Faith series. But here's a few more quotes that I did not uh, bring forward that I did not quote in the Word of Faith series that I think you might find interesting. Here's one from Bob Jones. By the way, he claims to be a prophet. Okay? And here's what he says. Uh, the church is, no is in no condition for the Lord to come today. All right, so you're already seeing dominionism here. He goes on. He's going to come for a church that is mature in righteousness, progressively going in this righteousness until you take on the very divine nature of Christ himself. And you begin to see Christ in the church. Christ won't come for the church until you see Christ in the church, until the church looks like Jesus, Papa, planted Jesus. He sowed him down here in this earth to have a whole nation of brothers and sisters that looked just like Jesus, and he will have it. His son was Alpha Oh, you got to... Oh, man, this is unbelievable. His son was Alpha Son. Your children are Omega sons and daughters. Okay, have you ever heard of the Omega children? This is what he's talking about. Your children are the Omega sons and daughters. And uh, apparently this quote... Uh, Mike Bickle was present during this particular talk. And Mike Bickle jumps in here. He says... Jesus was the beginning, but our children and us were included in this. We're the end of this thing. 
manifested sons of God. The church is asleep. When she gets woke up and joins together an army, there's not any power, any place that can stop her, for she will know nothing but victory when she joins hands and becomes one in purpose, and that's to reveal the kingdom on the face of the earth. By the way, Mike Bickle uh, is the founder of the International House of Pancakes. Pa- <laughs> the, the, I'm sorry, guys. Man, I must be hungry. The, <laughs> the International House of Prayer, IHOP. I, okay, that's where the connection happened in my head. IHOP, not to be confused with the International House of Pancakes. No, this is the International House of Prayer. Anyway. Do you see in that quote where, I mean, Bob Jones and Mike Bickle, were seem, they seem to be uh, suggesting that these manifest sons of God, these Omega children, and you're going to hear about them from many other perspectives with many other names. Uh, they also go by the, the Man-Child Company. Now, that's a weird name. The Man-Child Company. They seem to be taking on this divine nature, this equality with Christ. You know, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, okay? He is not the Alpha and your sons and daughters are the Omega, all right? That's silliness, okay? Also kind of a little oddity, but uh, the Jesuit Pierre de Chardin also believed in, well, he had this belief in like a conscious evolution, this this spiritual evolution of man, which actually you find within the New Apostolic Reformation to a certain extent. You see those same types of beliefs. Uh, But he refers to that point at which, oh man, here we go, that point at which your consciousness reaches its apex, its maximum level, uh, was the omega point. All right, you see this evolution to godhood happening all right so Pierre de Chardin who is a mystic and a Jesuit talking about the Omega point and now here we have the new apostolic reformation crowd uh, and specifically here Bob Jones talking about the Omega children interesting Uh, they're not alone. Bill Hammond, I've spoken about him earlier in the series, he says this, Jesus will come back to earth and be given the kingdom that has been won for him by his man-child company. <laughs> Sorry, that is just a weird name. Okay, the manifest sons, the manifested sons of God doctrine teaches that these sons will be equal to Jesus Christ. These sons will be equal to Jesus Christ? Immortal, sinless, perfected sons who have partaken of the divine nature. They, oh, check this out, they will have every right to be called gods. And they will be called gods. Holy smokes. No pun intended. That is a scary statement. Guys, we will not be like the Most High God. We will not be called gods. I mean, that's that's heresy. Uh, Benny Hinn weighs in, and I think I did I did quote this during my Word of Faith series, but Benny Hinn weighs in on this particular subject. He says it this way. When Jesus was on earth, the Bible says that first he disrobed himself of the divine form. 
He, the limit, limitless God, became a man that we men may become as he is. All right, here you're starting to hear this, well, what some refer to as canonic theology. Again, we're talking a spiritual evolution in a sense here. Uh, this idea that when Jesus came to earth, he completely removed all his divine nature. Okay, so when he was on earth, he was not divinity. He was not God. He was just a man. And he had no divine attributes about him until he received the Holy Spirit, at which point then he started gaining these powers through the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I guess just as an aside, I think this is an appealing teaching to those that are part of the Word of Faith and New Apostolic Reformation type crowds and the hyper-charismatic church, um, because... Well, it's appealing to think that Jesus was just a man, and through the Holy Spirit, he was able to gain all these supernatural abilities. All right? And so, hey, if he can do it, we can too, right? And so, that's where they get this concept. It is, uh, again, that is canonic theology. The idea that Jesus completely removed his divinity when he came to earth. He was just a man with no divine power at all, no divine attributes at all whatsoever. In a separate quote, Benny Hinn says this, and this is what I quoted in the Word of Faith series. Uh, I, he says, The new creation is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. The new man is after God like God, God-like, complete in Christ Jesus. The new creation is just like God. What? May I say it like this? You are little, you are a little God on earth, running around. What? What? Kenneth Copeland also weighs in on this particular subject of, of becoming like God, or somehow we gain these divine attributes. He says this, If we ever wake up and realize who we are, we'll start doing the work that we're supposed to do, because the church hasn't realized yet that they are Christ. That's who they are. They are Christ. Now, Kenneth Copeland, yes, Benny Hinn, uh, many of these Word of Faith teachers and many of these New Apostolic Reformation teachers start going as far as attributing divine characteristics or even going as far as to calling these manifest sons of God or these people who are endowed with these uh, special abilities through the Holy Spirit, as they say, uh, they start calling them divine and calling them little gods. I probably will end up doing a very short series on this particular strange doctrine that seems to be running around in hyper-charismatic circles. But for any of us to claim that we're gods, that is a scary thing. We should not be doing that. I think that that is a stench in God's nostrils to even claim such a thing. All right, We're not gods. We are children of the Most High, yes. Okay, but we are not gods, right? We don't we don't create the heavens and the earth with our words alone, all right? I can just imagine God asking us all those questions that he asked Job in uh, Job chapter 40 and on, where God shows up to Job in a whirlwind and starts grilling him like, hey, where were you when I did this and that? And he just goes on and on with all these questions that Job basically, there's no way to answer him. You just simply, I mean, Job would just hang his head at that point. 
You're right, God. Okay. You know, I repent. So I'm going to stop right here. Tomorrow, we're going to look at uh, exactly what they mean by all these supernatural powers, signs and wonders, and, well, some of these other tactics that are used, like binding territorial demons over areas. Uh, we're going to talk about prayer mapping and exactly what that is, what parts of it are okay, if any, and what parts are not okay, or just pure conjecture, reading something into the Bible that's simply not there. All right, so join us tomorrow. Uh, and with that, friends, I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.